Hey people, it's The360 and you're listening to Jackie and Lydia and today we're going to be talking about the first time. And no, it's not the first time what you guys are thinking. Okay, okay, let's <laughs> just get that straight. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I know there might be a little bit of confusion around that. Yeah. But we'll just get into it. Jackie, do you, do you want to take it away? Do, I, do you want me to take it? Yeah, okay. do take it away. Okay, well, the first time I bought a pair of Doc Martens. I love it. <laughs> um, I was um, 16 or 17 and I've still got them now. Um, but this was quite, it was quite a big moment for me because um, that day I knew that I was completely addressing and just embracing the fact that I would mm. never ever be the pretty girl or even I wasn't by I mean, any means. she is now. Yeah. No, don't stop. <laughs> but I just knew that I would never ever be, you know, the ballet, you know, everyone at that point was wearing ballet pumps and mm. stuff and I really just wanted to pair Dr. Martens. I was really into that kind of androgynous look. Yeah. Um, which was quite brave for me at that age Definitely. at 16. Definitely. Because at that point you want to be attractive to all the boys yeah. and stuff and you want to... Yeah. Do you know, I feel like I went through something similar at the age of 16, 17 because I remember being at college and always being in Converse's or Vans. Yeah. I think you probably remember that about me. Yeah, I was yeah. never... I loved like the hoodies and the big headphones and like the skinny jeans and Vans. Like that's how I used to dress. I wasn't like your girly girl at all. Yeah. Um, and I was... I felt happy... At that age I felt happy to embrace that. Um, mm. I think when you get to that age you really start to kind of understand the kind of person you are. Exactly, and you yeah. start to ex- experiment a lot more and feel very comfortable um, with who you are as well. Yeah. So yeah, for me it was Vans. You it was Dr. Martin. Yeah, I think because um, how I think how people dress is is important, but some people just don't see it as important mm. as other people. I see it as quite important because I yeah, do express I yeah. my personality through what I wear. And I think at that point, deciding that I was really not going to dress for men mm. or mm. not dress maybe hide, sort of manipulate my femininity in a way and say yeah. actually today I'm going to wear Doc Martens and I, I used to look like an extra of This Is In England so I used to wear Ben Sherman shirts but and then right up to the top mm. my high-waisted uh, vintage jeans I think at that point I think something I had from like Urban Outfitters I think they were just like yeah. vintage jeans but they were high-waisted I used to wear braces as well Oh, and then I had like a biker jacket <laughs> and I used to like just that was I remember one time someone looked at me and was like you look like you're from this is England, and I was like really, really happy about that. I mean, I'm, I've always, I've always loved your 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 oh, sense of style. It. Always oh. have, always admired it, Jackster. Oh. Don't be, don't be dumb. I mean, I love it. Don't I looked like a hot mess a lot of the time, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> especially first year of uni. But you know, we'll get onto that. Oh gosh, oh dear. That's another thing. Oh itself, dear, isn't don't it? Start. I mean, we'll get onto that. Um, but for me, okay, I'm going to talk about the first time um, a book really changed my life. Um, and since I was young I always loved reading I remember being like three years old and carrying like a stack of books like taller than me down the stairs for my parents to read to me that wouldn't be odd would it I mean we've been tiny No I mean, leave me alone, yeah? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it was never... Mumsy never wanted to read to me. She'd be like, oh, I'll take it to your dad, yeah? So I remember being with Daddy, he used to sit down and read me all of these books. And sometimes he'd try to skip a page and I'd be oh. like, um, Daddy, you've forgotten this page, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> so I've always loved reading. But for me, the story that, like, the book that really changed my life was actually 1984 by um, George Orwell. And I remember reading it in year nine, mm. I think it was. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I remember just being so in love with that book and thinking oh this guy yeah george orwell 
man prophesied the thing, you know? <laughs> like, he really did. And I just remember, like, reading it and thinking, okay, this is just so ahead of its time. And everything I read was everything that was happening in the world at that moment. And that just blew my mind. I think it's as well, because I, th- yeah. I read that book and I think it was... Because at that point, during your teens, you just take mm. everything you're given. This mm. is the way life is. You watch the news. There are terrible this things happening. Yeah. This is this. This is that. Everything has its place. And you've just been accepting. Because at that age, that's when you start looking at adults and being like, these are yeah. these are not, this isn't mum and dad. These are just two people yeah. that are completely fallible and they make mistakes too. Yeah. So it came at a point in your teens where you're like, really starting to question the world around you. Yeah, And definitely. that book really hit the nail on the head when, really I was, yeah, when I was it really teenager. Did. It started looking at the world in a different way. Yeah. Um, yeah. First of all, the TV show Big Brother actually started to make sense, you know, as in with all the cameras. This is it. Like, this oh, is okay. it. I see where they got the theme from. Exactly. Um, but on a deeper level, yeah. Yeah, I love that book. Starting to look at the world I around you. In fact, it. I must. I've read it once and I've started reading it again, but I need to. I need to finish it because it's, if you haven't read 1984, you need to actually just drop everything and read it now because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it is. It will actually just change the way you look at look at the world, change your perspective. Mm. It's amazing. Yeah, George Orwell's the one for those kind of social... Yeah. That social yeah. commentary kind of thing. Yeah. Animal Farm was another one. I do remember Animal Farm. We that, did that in school as yeah, well, yeah, didn't yeah. we? For me, that yeah. was really... That was quite, quote, you know, all animals are equal, but some yeah. are more equal than others, yeah. that kind of thing. And I have come across that in just various yeah. parts of work. And yeah. Stuff. So, yeah, get on to George Orwell. Yeah. Is there a book that you <laughs> can really identify with or the, the, the one book that you read as a teen or something that really was just like wow um yes yeah um noughts and crosses i mean mallory blackman yeah but i'd I'd always been just like as you said i've always been a reader i've always connected with stories Mm. but i say that book changed my life because it made me conscious and aware of my blackness in a way um and it wasn't it was another book that made me realize that the world the systems in the world are not just because they're systems and they're present doesn't necessarily mean they're right yeah um definitely. and I, until that point i'd just been accepting it ex- accept, oh, accepting. accepting it um, as a given that like, this is just yeah. the way the world was yeah like, you know men are in loads of positions of power white men are in loads of positions mm. of power that's just the way mm. it is but you know that the the scene of the plasters i remember that you know when you know, she put a plaster on if anyone here hasn't read the book i recommend reading it yeah but there was a particular part of the story where a character was injured and she had to put on a plaster oh and this book is basically to, to say it mallory blackman in sort of inverted the roles of power so mm. black people were the ones with all the power and white people were the sort of subordinate class yeah. if you could say that yeah um which in an, in and of itself is a powerful statement yeah. to make because you're suggesting that in real life it's the other way around yeah um so there was a character that was injured and she was a white character and she had put a plaster on and Mary Beckman wrote something like oh the the brown plaster stuck out against her skin and I was like why would the plaster be brown and then, start- and then I realised that's because plasters were white exactly. and all my life I'd been wearing plasters that were meant to blend in with the white skin wow. that, yeah. as opposed to yeah. my brown skin yeah. and I just that blew my mind it, yeah. there was so much other stuff that happened but that really yeah. blew my mind that that, yeah I remember that book she had it was a whole series as well wasn't it there yeah was I didn't get to courses. watch it yeah. oh what the, no, whole the whole book, book the whole thing yeah, yeah. 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 but that was enough for me I yeah. didn't read anything else yeah. but, but some series I did Harry Potter also changed my life I mean you know how I feel about Harry, yeah. J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling. You know J.K. is actually a you know. 
she's actually bae like harry po- i mean i'm an avid harry potter fan even now at 24 years old you will see me lining up in whatever queue there is to go to that harry potter world yeah i will be there at the front i mean i just love it yeah i just love it just the way you can just escape to a whole a completely different world and literally just exist in you could actually exist in hogwarts you can exist <laughs> and get lost like I just love it <laughs> I won't lie to you I did sign up to Pottermore to see I mean, which house I fitted into hear the joke you think mate I was one of the million that actually was accepted onto Pottermore before they even launched the site oh my gosh like that's how much of okay, a fan what, I am what did you get out of that I mean I got to see the site first year okay. and I got to <laughs> did you get an invite to um, Hogwarts though. I mean, you, was it what's that Universal Harry Potter Land? What, what oh, um, Warner Brothers Studios. Yeah, yeah. Did you get no, them? I, mean, I didn't. Yeah. Well, but I mean, still, okay. yeah. I was one of the million. That's how you know Life's I'm a fan. <laughs> I felt happy. Yeah, I really did. I really um, do did. you know which house do you belong to? Oh, Hufflepuff, you know. Are you a Hufflepuff? Yeah. Oh, I know. What do they say about Hufflepuffs? They say that they're witty, and they say their their main thing is wit. So. If, to be fair, it does it does fit me. Yeah, it does fit me. What yeah. about you? What did you What did you? I've got Ravenclaw. Did you? Yeah. Oh. I, mean, I think I'm quite happy. Yeah, with that. yeah. Not everyday Gryffindor. You lot. Not everyday Gryffindor. Gryffindor think they're too nice. No, they think they think they are. I love Harry, knees. but they really are. They really think they, really... they think they're above everyone. Really, yeah, don't they? Ravenclaw. We like we like our books. We're really studious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That um, to me, that's a good fit for you. Yeah. TBH. We apply you know logic. I mean? and yeah. I'm gonna hit you with. Some statistics. And yeah. Some facts. <laughs> that stupid decision in your life. It's gonna, you know. Yeah. One in ten. Yeah. Fail. Don't be that person. I mean, I, to be fair, at first I was a bit upset with um, Hufflepuff, but I then I thought, you know be. what? Cedric Diggory was a Hufflepuff, and he was a buffing. He was a buffing, and you know, when he died, R.I.P. Cedric. Okay. <laughs> Everyone remembered him for being, you know, just a kind person. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's all you really need in exactly. life sometimes. Just a little bit of kindness. There you so. go. Hufflepuff, yeah. But yeah, Harry Potter changed my life and it continues to change my life every day, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The first time I decided about my hair, as in Mm. I was also a teenager. A lot of these things are from your teens, um, from our teens. Yeah. Um, But I was maybe 14 and I was at the point where I was allowed to... Um, decide whether I could relax my hair because my mum had not let me relax my hair Yeah. so I was like okay do I actually want to relax my hair and then I just thought I'd gone so long without relaxing my hair I looked around and I realised I'd been wearing braids most of the time so I'd be relaxing my hair to wear braids um, I wasn't allowed to wear weave either, either mm. thank goodness because um, I was all of 14 and mm. a child um, so I just started looking at alternative ways to look after my, actually look after my hair and not just have hair but yeah nurture it yeah, yeah. make sure it's healthy so i started looking on um websites you know american blogs and stuff but back then the the online presence of natural hair people wasn't that big yeah um yeah so i started using started experimenting with like avocado blended avocados blended cucumber i had bits of cucumber hair stop it i did the hot i put deep conditioned my hair with egg and then used hot water to wash it out had fried egg in my hair <laughs> i went through the whole <laughs> how old were you when you started that 14 i was really young really young and i started like twisting my hair myself braiding my hair myself from that age i've just been 
wearing natural hair. Yeah. And I remember when I got to uni when I was 18, I hadn't had braids for about, even na- extensions, yeah. I hadn't worn extensions for about two years. Wow. Because I was just concerned about what it was doing yeah. to my hair. So yeah. I'd just been rocking twists. Um, yeah, um, it was just... It's actually fantastic. I don't know what, I don't know. Mum, and obviously mum was happy with it. Yeah. she was like, oh, my baby girl. <laughs> Get out. But it was a really big thing. Yeah. It was a big thing yeah. for me. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because I think, for me, I mean, I've always had natural hair. I've never relaxed so, my yeah, hair yeah. because, I mean, mum's even wouldn't allow it, yeah. Yeah. Um, but being a teenager, I thought the only way to get my hair straight, and it's sad that I used to think like that because I just thought the straight of the hair, I mean, it's easier, it's going to be easier to, um, to manage. So the only way I could do that is by straightening my hair. So, um literally from age like 14 i'd say maybe because before that i used to do like braids and mum used to camera in my hair mm. and stuff like that but um once i was able to like do my own hair i mean the straightener went through it the hot comb i'd ask my mum um if there's anyone that can hot comb my hair it used to be my auntie that used to do it or um hot comb, hot comb. <sighs> straighteners were around then torture hot comb when you think about no literally for anyone literally, who doesn't know what hot comb is i don't know if you don't it's an a, a comb made of metal iron, yeah. shall we say? Yeah, I'd say with iron, a wooden yeah. handle, and you put it on the stove, on the, stove, on the open fire. Maybe put a bit of dax, which mm. is a, a pomade, yeah. as it were, on the comb and on the hair to protect it because you you are about to run white hot metal through your delicate, wonderful kinks this and hair strands, it. and you would hear your hair go. And yeah. It was, yeah. it was no, literally, literally think, an iron. Yeah, thinking of it, it's actually torture. Yeah, you know? it really is. And then when it would catch you, when it burn oh, your edges days. or like burn your neck, literally you hold down your ear, hold it down. <laughs> oh, just oh my gosh, Horrible. those memories just raining true right in my head. And, and the kitchen like, would get so smoky. Oh my days, and that smell, that yeah, smell yeah. of burnt, burnt hair. Oh my gosh, and when I think about it, it's like actually hearing your hair fr- your hair frying like my hair was actually frying why yeah. did i not then why did i not think this is this is not right well that's the thing it's not your it, it's not your fault because that's just the way everything is, yeah a- anything yeah. has ever been you know if you've got natural hair you want it straight down yeah and you, you do anything it was more about doing anything to get your hair straight as opposed to doing anything to get your hair healthy yeah this is it and what this i like about hair well black women's attitudes to hair now i feel is that more black women are moving on to wanting to their hair to be healthy, healthy. regardless of how they style it, which is like straightening yeah. or relaxing or keeping it natural. Like mo- I'm seeing the general mood is like, I want to have Just healthy hair, exactly. which I think is exactly. good. I think exactly. should, you know, being conscious and looking after ourselves yeah. and self-care and realising that. Yeah, definitely. Don't have to, like burn your hair to shreds. Yeah, definitely. Because so, that's awful. Um, yeah, so that's how I, I used to style my hair. I used to straighten my hair all the time when I was younger. But the first time I actually stopped doing that, the first time I actually wore my hair natural was actually the first time I went abroad um, mm. by myself. Um, I did that when I um, lived in um, the States for a year, for my um, year abroad in my degree. And I think it's funny that, that they kind of go hand in hand because for the first time I felt like I wasn't being judged and I was able to just be myself. Um, I was I was in a new country, like didn't know anyone there and i didn't really have any friends or friends or friends or fab or family are you wearing your hair like that like natural like that like what's what's that about isn't Mm. that hard to manage isn't that isn't that going to take long to like style and stuff like that i was able to just like just do me Mm. which was really nice um yeah yeah so i mean yeah so going abroad for the first time i was able to kind of just like um really figure out who i was yeah um and i think i know everyone's like this natural hair hair thing 
like everyone seems to be on it now but it is really really run quite deep it's it's so it really does i don't think you, honestly i if when people come up to ask me and come up to me and ask me i get a lot of questions about my mm. hair like how do you do it what do you do and i i do understand mm. because you you it's like waking up it is waking up and just re- realizing that you spent most of your life Mm, hating exactly. what your body did organically and being conditioned the, to think yeah, that, that it's, it's not just ugly it's not right do you like, know what that means to so just think you're by yeah. default you need to be fixed yeah that is it's horrific rude. it's actually rude and i think it's i personally within myself i'm so happy that i haven't felt like i needed to be fixed for mm. more than 10 years now since i was 14 yeah i'll just like yeah oh but i got hate i remember yeah. when i was younger People used to come around and say, "Oh, why don't you relax your daughter's hair? Look at her hair. She won't find her husband." This is it. Mum was just it's like, the... "Look, she looks great. She's decided that she wants exactly. hair." Exactly, and she's happy. Yeah, and she's happy. She's happy, goddammit. Do you know what um, I mean? But I remember there was one particular auntie who used to cast my hair, um, all the time. She used <sighs> to be like, "Why, why won't you relax your daughter's hair?" Now, recently, her daughter got married. Yeah, her daughter had natural hair on her wedding day. She looks absolutely beautiful. Mm. Most of her bridesmaids were natural, had natural hair. Her mum had natural hair Stop on the it. wedding day. Stop it. Most of her sisters have natural hair. And I was like, really? You see? You see? She used what to be that? one of the prime women that used to cuss me. It, but it was... Advocates I, for relaxed hair. Yes. But should I say it was from a place of love where she just <laughs> genuinely couldn't see why anyone would want to go out with their hair? You know, what, when are you going to do your hair? Stop that was it. the question. That's the thing. And it's like, you know when you, you've actually spent time doing your hair the and cheek. people are like... Have you tried a twist exactly. out there? This took me... I've been doing my hair since yesterday. What the hell? Slept on it. Stop it. Unraveled it. Coconut oil. <laughs> shingles. It's a lot of things. All sorts of things. It's a lot of things. Um, but yeah, it feels it feels really good to have decided that this is the way I want to look. Exactly. And exactly. I, I'm, and it's not I'm even, not, it's not even not this is the way broken. I want to look. Yeah. This is how I... This is me. Yeah. This is my default. And you, I'm owning it. Yeah. Because it's mine to own. Can you imagine? I mean, the it's not a case of, real. yeah, it's not a case of, oh, mine is better than yours. Mm. It doesn't need to, and that's the mistake that people make sometimes, which really annoys me, is when they see a movement of people accepting themselves yeah. in a particular way, it's a, oh, you think you're better than us? No. no. Just because I'm moving to a point of acceptance of myself, it's, that's what it is. Yeah. It's not a case of exactly. me, why, why should me accepting exactly. what I look like? mean that I think I'm better like, than you. Yeah. I mean. It means that the, the, the mood has always been, you know, you guys are beneath so that's the way yeah, you should feel. Yeah. So anytime that gets turned on its head, it's like, whoa, 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 we can't have that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was a... Yeah. Keeping it natural, that was yeah. a big deal to me. So, um, yeah. Did you have yours? Did you... That I was, was... T- I was, yeah, I was slowly going into the, the first time I went abroad, oh, wasn't yeah. I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, obviously living abroad in the States, had the natural hair thing, I started to feel more comfortable in my, um, my default basically and also i was able to actually think about how it was being black british and being a woman as well something that i'd never thought about really when i was back home in the uk hashtag um, intersectionality i mean (laughs) (laughs) social media activism here (laughs) so like being um being in the states i kind of felt like i don't know i mean i made a group of friends there and um they were a, a Jamaican, so they were um, Jamaicans living in Miami. But at the same time, I never really fully felt accepted by them because I was British. Mm. Um, and it was funny because it's like over there, 
I kind of I felt other over there, even though I was surrounded by quite a lot, like a lot of Black Americans, African Americans, and um, like Jamaicans. I felt like I didn't belong there, and that's mm. the first time I was actually aware of being like Black British. Um, something that I'd never really thought about when I was back home. Um, so since then, I've really gone into kind of exploring my identity as a black British woman and I owe that to like me going abroad living um living a different experience sort of mm. like outside of this UK bubble mm. and somewhere else so um I think yeah. the first time I, the first time I had my my identity when I started to define my identity mm. and every that whole thing got thrown into focus had to be my year abroad as well yeah like you know, I went to France, and it was a case of people just asking me, "What are your origins? What are your origins? Mm, 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 mm. Where are you really, really from?" From, um, and I had to really just get to a point where I was comfortable to say what I was, yeah, um, and not feel like I didn't have the right to be there. That was another thing that mm. you know, it's like, what is she doing here? She's like, this is for European students. Yeah. She's not yeah, really yeah, yeah. European, um, and it was. I remember. On my that year abroad, I was feeling really awkward, really like, oh, why am I here? And I just thought, actually, I'm gonna get like I am a human being born into this world. I have just as much right to be in Europe or be in the UK or be in England Mm. and be in this space as any of them had. The same way a lot of their forefathers and their ancestors went around the world, because these were Spanish and Italian students, which is the cheat, because they have the most. They, as in, you know, their communities yeah. have loads of people that have spread them, spread around yeah. the world. This is so what I'm saying. I'm coming here to have new experiences. What, am I not allowed here? Yeah. And from then on, I just thought, you know, no one's ever going to make me feel uncomfortable yeah. being anywhere because yeah. I have just as much right to be here. Definitely. To be, um, as they do. I'm not going to be grateful to, yeah. for anything because why should I be grateful? Because I have, I earned my place here. 100%. Um, and since 100%. then I've kind of had that attitude yeah. when I'm going to like a new surroundings or doing something new or starting something new I never feel uncomfortable maybe I shouldn't be here because like no no you have just as I'm much here to do I'm here yeah. bitch <laughs> like, I'm, I'm here busy. like this is yeah, it yeah. this I is it now this um, is it so yeah don't don't let anyone make you feel like you shouldn't be there yeah no definitely it. definitely I mean I don't feel that I oh, definitely don't feel that way now but I think when going abroad yeah. in the way that's when I became aware that like rather actually are people that look at me like who are you kind but of that, I think that's a good thing to leave yeah. your environment you can tell people that have you can tell when people haven't left their environment yeah or haven't left their bubble because they're not aware of they're not they don't understand what it's like to be an outsider you can just tell in their attitude exactly whereas you can see people that have gone out and been had their identities questioned their beliefs questioned their thoughts questioned yeah and that's from having left leaving your bubble and yeah, I just yeah, I love meeting people like that definitely definitely speaking of having having your your ideas challenged I remember the first time I realised I was a feminist but I wouldn't say at this age mm. I knew what the what word was, meant yeah. but I just knew <laughs> I strongly felt that I should be able to do what I want regardless of my gender and it was on a trip to Nigeria, and I think I was about six or eight or six years old. Mm. Um, it was my granddad's house in rural, rural Nigeria, like Abia State. Um, we're talking inconsistent electricity, all that kind of jazz. And mm. um, I even remember the wet weather; it was like rainy season. And so the way it is in like the village, people just come into your house, come into your compound, chill, you know, talk, drink, whatever. I just remember sitting next to my mum, and I was wearing jeans. 
And this old man, I think he must have been about 50, said, oh, why are you wearing trousers? You know, you're not allowed Stop to wear it. trousers. And at that age, I, to a big man that I didn't know I in an unfamiliar co- country, I was like, um, I can wear what I like. I love I can it. Wear, I can wear what I like. I don't like skirts and I want to wear trousers. Mm. This is what I think I look fine. Um, and I just remember arguing with him, saying, no, this is what I want to wear. <laughs> Like, I, I love it this yeah. is it and I just had to this just say it. no and I'm, even then we used to when we used to go to church on Sunday this is the village mm. village church so I had to we had to wear skirts and I had to cover my hair every Sunday I used to be like mum why do I have to cover my hair I don't yeah. want to cover my hair why aren't the men covering their hair and <laughs> poor mum <laughs> just shut up and do it yeah <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't Bless cope her. with this question in child yeah. at that age that I just became why shouldn't I? Yeah. Well, because I'm a girl. Is that, that's not yeah. a valid reason for anything. Yeah. I and mean, then since then, I've always been a cheeky little, what's it? When it well, comes this to is stuff. it. Do you know what? It's funny. It's funny you should say going to church because I felt the same way being like being young and always having to put on a skirt to go to church. Mm. And I remember like saying like, mommy, why, like, why do I have to wear a skirt? Like I, I hated it as well. I was a little tomboy as mm. well. Like I liked, I liked trainers. I liked to wear jeans and stuff like that. And I mean, I just wanted to just go as myself really. But I mean, I had to, well, I had to had forced to, into that yeah. skirt. And even like going out with friends, my grandma would be like, oh, Lydia, why, why don't you wear a skirt? Why are you wearing trousers? Like grandma, I mean, mm. they make trousers for women, yeah. So obviously, <laughs> it's okay for us to wear it. Oh, bless. <laughs> so um, yeah, no, it's funny you should say that. It's funny you should say that. I think the church, or should I say, religious or cultural type spaces, are still areas where you have those extremely fossilized, defined gender roles. Mm. Um, that is the word. It's just hard to deal with. It's just. Why, you know, go and do this for your... Go and carry the drinks to the men. Why? Because you're a woman. Exactly. And you just... You can't believe that. That's what you're hearing. And the same people that say this will equally tell you, go to uni, get your degree, do your thing. So it's quite strange yeah. to have the two go hand in hand. It's almost like, do everything. It's like a conflict. And you've, you've achieved everything up until a point. But remember, because you're not married, you haven't really done it all, have you? Yeah, this is it. <laughs> this is it. Which is, a, which is a thing. This is it. I remember the foot like, I mean... Me and church, we have a we have a funny relationship. I mean, I'm not gonna get into that too much, but I do remember the first time um, I started like ch- church started to like not sit too well with me, and I remember being I think I probably was about seven or eight, and um, I remember there was a group of young boys that used to go to our church, and by this time they were about eighteen, and um, you know, eighteen you start going out, you start going out with your friends few bars here and there just just living doing life and doing your thing you're 18 now doing do you know what bit. i mean i mean they were all lined up in the front of the church and humiliated in front of the whole congregation calling oh them backsliders gosh. and literally just like banishing them out of the church and i was about i was like seven maybe yeah seven or eight i just thought this weird. is not right yeah. do you know what i mean that's this people is not confusing right. that people just getting it wrong really. yeah this is it this is it and I just I remember being it's funny because I think around that age that's when I started to be like I don't want to go I said to my mom I don't, I don't want to go to church yeah because that was that must have been a really traumatising yeah. thing yeah yeah and I just thought, I thought like being young all you know about, about church is that it's meant to be a place of love and this is where you go to learn about God and God is love so I'm thinking if this is how they're treating the young people in the church I mean, it can't really be that loving, really, can yeah. it? And that's what that's that that was my exact thinking at that age. And I remember sun like Sundays that used to follow after that. I'd always be like, "Mummy, I don't want to go to church." Oh. I mean, 
it could change. I think the thing I try and decide about re- religion is it really is down a lot. A lot of it is down to personal interpretation. Mm, so people mm. take it and run with it however the hell they want to. Like people out here making... I remember when I was young, seeing these people walking around London barefoot because everywhere is holy ground. My friend, can you put on some shoes? Have you had that tetanus shot yet? London. Walking around South London with no shoes Stop on. It. Okay, cool. Stop it. Behave Happy yourself. Behave what about yourself. when it snows? Is it still holy ground then? What are you putting on your shoes then? <laughs> but it's just stuff what like that. You know, people taking stuff way too literally. And I think it's good to have your faith questioned because Mm. it makes it stronger. Mm. Um, Not necessarily religion bashing, but I just think you can tell when somebody somebody has had a real opportunity to confront their faith and their understanding, you know? Like when you meet people and you try and debate about religion and then they use their religious texts to debate, that's not... That's I not mean, actually valid. Because if you're arguing with someone who's an atheist, they're not going to be like, oh yeah, seeing as it is in the Bible, this that is, is it. true. So it's just... Stop it. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. But yeah. I, yeah, I think it's good. I've had a few of them questioning yeah. uh, questioning times. But I think it's always revolved around when anyone has told me I can't do something because I'm a woman or I should be doing something I because mean, I'm a woman. This is it. I've always been yeah. like, um, excuse me. Yeah. Um, I just like to address. <laughs> Put my hand up. Yeah. Just got a few questions yeah. here. Um, right now it's the whole marriage thing. Mm. So... Um, everyone knows at church or in, in most settings that they're not going to come up to me and tell me about who I should be getting married to because they mm. know that they will receive the swift shutdown. This is it. Like I will walk away. Shut it right down. Or I'll just, you know, reverb the question right back mm. at them. Like, you're going to, you want me to find a husband? Oh, okay, who have you got lined up <laughs> for me? This Tried is it. This is it. This is it. Cheeky sod. Right. My one. The first time I forgave um mm. I've obviously i've forgiven you know you forgive people mm. you you leave three biscuits in the room come back there's one left i forgive you for eating the biscuits but the first time i really forgave like found it dug deep and had to address this and say okay i'm gonna let i'm gonna deal with this and let this go was my dad actually mm. so i think this is something most people will be familiar with <coughs> which is um having um sort of being the result of a family that I don't want to say broken family it's a bit mage mm. it's, a bit, it's not that serious but you know when your parents split up um, my and then my father sort of gallivanted off and did his thing and was just doing baby boy all over the place um, and so I basically kind of grew up without him yeah um, and I had to get to a point even when he was absent where I just had to sort of forgive him for doing that not excuse him yeah and say oh yeah you know he was allowed to more so forgive him for my own well-being because by forgiving him I was also not pinning his mishaps onto other men you know because yeah, there was a case of yeah, if, yeah, yeah, if yeah, I held yeah. the anger you know I didn't want to be walking around just being angry with all yeah. men and saying oh you guys are all horrible I mean you guys need to fix up there needs to be a conference for all of you to go to oh, so you can get fixed up this is it because you need to sort yourself out but generally speaking yeah um, having to forgive him and get to that point um it was really it was i'm glad i did it and it was really gratifying um and yeah there's just no anger there anymore yeah so that's that's the first time i forget so that was quite a big thing for me yeah definitely definitely i don't feel that i've I've been through anything like huge with anyone or Mm. had for me to actually have that sort of 
I forgive. Yeah, have that I forgive. It wasn't that deep, you know. I didn't sit in my room like or go on my knees like I forgive. (laughs) It was just (laughs) something over time. Yeah, slowly, you know, it's okay. You know, no anger, no anger left. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably yeah. I have. I'm yet to go through that thing where it's like I need to over time. I need to actually come to terms with what's happened and Mm. forgive that person. But sometimes it could be yourself, you know. Sometimes people do certain things or make certain mistakes and it they don't even realise that they haven't forgiven themselves for something mm. that they've done. Mm. Which is a major thing. If you don't forgive yourself, you know, why did I do this? I should have done it this way. I should have picked this A-level. I should have said hi. I should have done this. I should have yeah. done that. That's part of forgiving. Yeah. I think, you know, we can go some way to forgiving ourselves too. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Forgiveness is it's hard though. Of course it, really, it is. I mean... It does, can I just say, it doesn't mean forgetting, okay? I don't believe in this forgive well, or forget. No, nonsense. there'll be no forgetting. I mean, I forgive you, source. but I remember everything. I'm not a fool. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be in the black dots next to the name, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, just just because you know, we're, we're human beings, we're built for survival, so it'd be foolish yeah, to see def- something yeah. happen and then not try and recognise the danger in that situation replicating itself. So more so for self-care, because I'm a big mm. champion of looking up just looking out for your your physical your mental health yeah. all these things they impact on your mental health yeah you know if you don't if you walk around bearing a grudge this is it someone it affects your mental there's health. a saying that i've that I heard and it's it's really true about what it's like to hold a grudge it's like someone living in your mind or something rent free yeah and it's so yeah, yeah, that's yeah. so that's true exactly meanwhile that I mean? person is they're chilling do you know what i mean they're actually yeah. chilling meanwhile you're just there like carrying them around with exactly. you exactly like yeah it's not about that at all it's not about that at all but yeah i think that's it that's it for me and mm. my first my first times well i mean there's been a lot of first times there's been a lot of first i think times. really you leave it you don't don't want to hit them with too much of the yeah i don't want to get you guys a little too excited you know what i mean give them a little taste yeah yeah Hmm. The first time I ate too much, I thought I was going to (laughs) die. I went to Nando's. But I was too big for my belly. Always starts with Nando's, doesn't it? I ordered a half chicken and chips and and another side. I can't recall. And I waddled home and I had to lie down. Stop it. My mum called me, she was like, babe, are you okay? I said, mum, I ate too much. I was paralyzed i couldn't move oh my day i had to just lie down and oh literally digest I, had to, I googled how long oh my gosh to digest i remember food. feeling like that one time actually the first time i ate too much <laughs> i thought i was gonna die was that restaurant in canterbury actually cafe de ami you know was okay. it, did you have you been there no did you go there? i never they did it was really nice in there, there. They, um it was mexican food so the what? cuisine was mexican yeah and the thing is, I don't even think I ate that much, but Mexican food is quite heavy yes, yes, and yes. it's a lot of carbs. Beans and stuff, so it just oh, expands in your my... belly. <laughs> that night again. Who sent you? What did you have? Oh my gosh. Did you have a burrito? I didn't have a... I had, I had like black... I had black beans, um, rice and stuff. So, I, I can't even remember what the exact meal was. It was really nice, but what I know is that that night, yeah. Slumped. Oh my days, I mean, I couldn't sleep. Like, I felt so uncomfortable. <laughs> Do you know when even tea felt, can't help you? Oh my Not even days. hot water and it's tea like, can I, help It's you. like, I couldn't actually fit anything else in there. Do you know oh, what I mean? I and it was so uncomfortable. Like, I, oh my gosh, I thought I was going to die. Like, yeah. really? It was the most uncomfortable sleep ever. I was up for like three hours, tossing and turning, thinking, how could I do this to myself? And uh, <laughs> who did I go with? I went with Jess, right? Shout out, Jess. Hello. Hello. And um, I remember texting her and I was like, Babe, how are you feeling right now? Because I'm so full, I can't sleep. And she was like, I feel exactly the same way. 
I'm so full of coffee. <laughs> like it was. Can you? For when it's affecting the sleep, yeah, it's actually no. It's a madness. I just remember that feeling, the sweats, just oh, trying to digest, days. put everything oh, together, digesting. Oh my days! Stop it. There you go. Stop it. Okay. That was a funny one. I don't want to come up with any more because it's just gonna get more and more embarrassing. <laughs> it's, it's too much. Too much. First crush. Lana, let's not go there. Shocking. First kiss. No, you tried it. I'll do my first kiss. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. I was fourteen. It was at the end of my road. What? It was at the end of my road. Okay. And um, I'm not gonna say who it is because I mean, if he's listening, yeah. <laughs> but I remember it just being really awkward. Yeah. But feeling really gassed at the same time because I just had my first proper kiss. Oh, bless. Um. And I still see him, and we're really cool, like... But, yeah, no, it was funny. <laughs> my f- I, can't remember, I can't remember... I actually can't remember my first kiss. That's a terrible... Oh, that can't, is shocking. Can't, can't that, good, that is shocking. Can't have been that good, then, How can I remember? Have I... Have I... Okay, obviously I've kissed. Have I... <laughs> I just... Did That's I just... I can't just hit the ground remember. running. I really can't remember. Wow. I know that I didn't hit the ground running. Yeah. If you know what I, I like, I must have had like a little entrance in ice, but I can't remember my first kiss. That is really bad. Have been that good then. I mean, my first kiss wasn't good, but I guess because it's the first kiss, I remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like the end of the road. You had all that. I, I, I can't remember that. That's really bad. Oh bless. But I can tell you about the first time we'll I got so full. Like, I was sitting on the wall at the end oh, of the road. Bless. It was the summer holidays. Oh, everything always happens in the summer. Oh, uh, well, everything happens in the summer. Mm-hmm. Oh, stop it. Well, this summer, how's it? Okay. No, no more embarrassing stories. I, can't, oh, I, can't, I think can't that's be, enough embarrassing stories. I can't believe I can't think today. of my first kiss. Well, if you guys have any first time memories, then feel free to tweet us at the three underscore, underscore 60, 60. And that's on Twitter. Yeah. Um, Our email is the, the 360, 360 info at gmail.com yes. yes our personal twitters oh yes Jackie Otag J-A-C-Q-U-I-E-O-T-A-G and mine is Lydia Nomi Rose L-Y-D-I-A-N-A-O-M-I-R-O-S-E yes. yes look forward to seeing you there and have a wonderful week see ya Thank you.